are now listening to the Melanated Movement Podcast with Tess and Anne. We invite you to take a deep breath, open your mind, and prepare to go on this wild ride. Episode loading in five, four, three, two. Welcome to another episode of Melanated Movement Podcast with Tess and Anne. I'm Anne, half of Melanated Movement with my amazing co-host Tess. Tess, how are you? Hello, hello Anne. <laughs> welcome back. Yes, welcome. We have our mascot here with us tonight. I know. Hi Siri. Hi mascot. <laughs> I told her she needs to be ready in five minutes. Make sure you have your sniffles and your coughs ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's, you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna oh, hear. But you're gonna hear her tonight. She's ready. our emotional support animal. <laughs> For real, God knows we need it. Oh man, the emotional support is definitely necessary right now. It seems like we've gone through major roller coasters, and we absolutely felt it necessary to just just come to base. <laughs> yes, yes, retreat. I've missed talking to you on the other side of the mic as well mm-hmm. just like me and you just navigating these emotions and these feelings together mm-hmm. and so I feel like this is this is really great we needed that breather and mm-hmm. we needed to just I don't know just home ground base. ourselves and go back to yeah go back to home base <laughs> yeah even out here and then talking to everyone and getting everything together we go through great preparation for like different episodes where we're looking up different things, talking to different people, seeing like if they will be interested or people reach out to us saying that they're interested in different episodes and trying to formulate it and like trying to put it together and trying to come up with good content is really important. And then life happens and then yes. we're like, mm, yep, this amazing episode that we planned or like this great content that we planned is just not going to come out or not going to happen the way we want it to and mm-hmm. then we have to circle back and figure out something else so this is us figuring it out and we wanted to just kind of be very vulnerable yes the audience yeah on brand people. right exactly <laughs> i feel like we're gonna put that in like quotation yeah. somewhere like <laughs> the vulnerable podcast yes honestly <laughs> Jeez. Um, so how are you? How are you doing? How are things? How's life? I I have the impulse to tell you, oh, I'm fine. Like, you know, it's I'm good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. <laughs> and and, and we haven't really been, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think that we as melanated people try very hard to maintain homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Even in like on an emotional like level, we try to keep the equilibrium. But I think w- after a while, we do tend to crack, and mm-hmm. the the damage can can be pretty lasting and is very impactful, mm-hmm. and it just bleeds into you know any and all aspects of our lives, right? So I, you know, in the spirit mm-hmm. of being vulnerable, I, I will just tell you, I. I'm healthy, I'm safe, and I have to remember those things, but it's it has been an emotional roller coaster and it has been a quite a traumatic uh, time period for me for us. And so I'm still recovering. <laughs> I'm still recovering from all of that vicarious trauma and yeah. feeling burnt out a little bit by it all. The burnout is real. The burnout is very real. I feel like we're experiencing different um 
I guess, versions of it or different contributors of the burnout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang. How are you feeling? I'm burnt out. <laughs> 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 um, we've been dealing with things together and, and individually. Mm-hmm. And the things we've had to really go through together has been very traumatic. <laughs> on a great scale like mm-hmm. between covid last year and the things we're dealing with in our family with oh man wow when you really start to like say things out loud you don't realize how much is impacting you yes. until you're like fuck i'm saying this out loud yes like, oh, shit i am really burnt off <laughs> <laughs> yes like you you think like as you're going through certain things you get exhausted so quickly like so i'm back in school and I'm, it's kind of like I'm starting over. Like I'm, I'm in a new chapter of life. I'm in, I'm entering a new career. I'm entering just a whole bunch of new things. So, um, trying to be a student, like after so many years of being out of school and, and going after another degree after being in the military, and that one has been very trying for me. Mm-hmm. Um, taking care of family at this time where now we're much closer because before I was always busy, never here. I missed every family event. I missed everything. And now that, like, we have a very tight-knit family. So Mm -hmm. when things happen, like, we're all very much involved. And now that, like, I'm home more, I'm, like, involved. I can see each each person and what they're going through. And, And I want to give them more of myself and I want to you know figure out what's going on like did you eat today did you shower today do you want me to bring you something do you have everything you need hey did you get a chance to rest do you want me to tap you out do you want, you know what I mean and having those right. conversations mm-hmm. like we've had um we've had family that's been in the hospital for quite some time now and mm-hmm. the extended hospital stays and the continuous not necessarily the visits but the mm-hmm. reasons <laughs> for the hospitalizations have been like has been really keeping me in my let me try to explain it it's kind of um like you want to do everything but you know you can't do everything right you have to allow the people who i guess are maintaining or managing or whatever i guess that space to do that mm-hmm. and it's like okay i'm not one of the main people so okay so then i need to reach out to the main people I'm like did you eat did you drink water today did you do you want me to do something like me being like i guess a secondary person to where i'm here kind of absorbing what like the main person is doing you being a main person and really tackling certain things is like i want to be able to take some things off of your shoulders but i can't it mm-hmm. sucks mm-hmm. it sucks it sucks because it's kind of like hey, give me this and we do this but then like the information that you know the things that you not na- like you tackle and you've been navigating for a number of years i don't have that information i don't have that technique i don't have you know certain things or even like the way you maneuver through certain things it's mm-hmm. very specific so i ex- like in my mind it's like fuck i can't even tap out or tap you out or tag myself in for so much of what we're dealing with because that's it's your realm you know what i mean so i've been feeling kind of like i want to do more i need mm-hmm. to do more like what do i do and it's i get i get stuck and then i'm like okay then i ask another friend member okay what do you need what do you want whatever and and they're looking at you with glazed eyes because they're burnt out mm-hmm. you know that caregiver burnt out is yeah. it's very much um extreme and you want to give that person everything you can to make sure that they're okay but Mm -hmm. what can you really what can you really do for that right right oh wow you've explained it in a way that i I never even considered to be honest with you um thank you for sharing that 
the mascot is out here chirping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a moment? Oh my gosh, Siri. Um, but no, you, you did definitely explain it in a way that I never even considered before. But I don't even... I don't think about it that way either because I do feel like there's a tap in tap out, right? Mm-hmm. So where it, and it, it's kind of unspoken where it's like, okay, I'm I'm here and I need like recovery time and then you're like, oh, and then you just kind of like, okay, you just step in naturally and and it has been tremendous and it has been seamless. I think that one of the most striking things for me has been being part of such a matriarch you know in our family Mm -hmm. and having those very strong pillars surrounding us and feeling that sense of I don't know even though we're all adults right and we've taken on our lives and we you know making moves and doing our own thing we still look we still have a certain like this assurance it's like just like this knowledge even if it's in the back of our head that like we're like our foundation is still very much right. here and it's 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 for the most part intact. Mm-hmm. And our very main one of our very main pillars is still holding strong, right? Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't work out in that way and when all of a sudden there is some failure to the system yeah. <laughs> um and one of those pillars is actually now sh- on shaky grounds mm-hmm. or is out for the count this it really about, right? oh my it really takes you aback like it 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 took my breath away because oh, I, I right you think you're ready for something and then you realize just how completely unprepared. not <laughs> yeah, unprepared. right 100 right unprepared just not ready for any of it right I, it was very much <laughs> it took my breath away too right getting that phone call and 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 someone telling you this is what's happening to your family member and there is absolutely nothing that you can physically do to make sure that they're okay outside of getting them where they need to go mm-hmm. yes there's there's oh. a powerlessness a helplessness Mm -hmm. that's set in your bones and seeing and getting the front row seat at the to that person's suffering is Mm. just compounding onto like the trauma of already witnessing your very (laughs) one of your very main pillars just kind of like you know kind of fail falling apart and i don't know if you've experienced this Anne, but i don't know if you've had like people kind of checking in and just like oh hey how are you and because it was such a uh, such an extended period of just ups and downs and worse and bad and then good and maybe yeah. and then back to like worse yeah. you just found i mean i found myself at some point because i don't want to like unload this burden onto somebody else so i feel like oh here i am again like taking up space about all of the stuff that's happening and hasn't stopped happening mm-hmm. and i know that as, as humans we only have like so much of an att- of an attention span i just caught my I, i've you know I, I catch i caught myself just saying oh we're like we're good or like oh there's nothing new or just get completely skirting away from the question altogether mm-hmm. because i like i don't want to I mean, what else am I going to share? Like, things haven't really changed, changed, evolved. And if they have devolved, like, I don't want to, like, take that and just place it on somebody else, you know, possibly has, like, their own stuff going on. And so 
when I'm like one of my very good friends like as you know has asked a few times like hey you know I hope everything's going well and or hey like how are things going and I found myself just saying oh hey sending you a hug you know like sending you hugs like miss you or whatever and that just like and just like being done with that right Mm -hmm. and whoo there's just something about when you're in it feeling this kind of sense of solidarity and community empathy that we get here within our unit that we can't expect to feel on the outside i agree i've learned though like i've learned to allow people to ask me if i'm okay Mm -hmm. because um like my very best friend, whenever we go through things and we're physically together, it's like she literally feels what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So there's not much explanation that's necessary. Mm-hmm. But when we're apart, I find it very hard to tell her this. It's just it's just very hard for me in general to tell anyone what's going on with me. But like, like it's it's extremely hard, and I had to learn from mom from a very close friend recently that it's okay to say this is what's going on this is how I feel about it and then when I actually say it out loud I realize how long I've been holding it Mm. in you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because you you can't cry around the people that's going through the same things you're going through because you're trying to be strong for them right so it's like I feel like everybody's kind of crying on their own you Mm -hmm. know what I mean everybody's like okay I have to be strong for Tess I have to be strong for this person I have to be strong for this person and then we separate and we're all just like broken Mm -hmm. you know what I mean we don't I don't know if that means we don't feel does that is that a, a is that a way of feeling not secure enough? Are we are we insecure with the way we feel because we want the other person to feel secure? But if we're feeling the same emotion, why is it hard for us to I guess fall apart in the same space? Ooh, that is a great thought. That's a great question. I don't know how to answer that because I feel like it's twofold. I feel like we we all possess even to a small degree this desire to save and help people mm-hmm. sometimes to our own detriment and if somebody is in it maybe deeper or whatever the case is i feel like maybe sometimes we are we are maybe kind of intrinsically taught to take that on and be a stronghold for that person rather than like falling apart together and we're taught to like you know put a sticker of positivity on it even though like our insides are breaking and i do uh, i i i agree with you that i don't think it should be that way at all i think that there is greater strength and resilience Mm -hmm. in outward expression of empathy or even just like some like the sorrow the pain or whatever it is that you're feeling because then I know that the person who's maybe crying or needing consoling in that moment maybe they don't need somebody who's strong and who's telling them like you're gonna be okay maybe they just need somebody to just step in that mud and listen and if you know tears come then tears come Mm -hmm. right because we don't have the answers and we're both suffering in very similar ways, yeah. right? And so I, 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 don't, I don't know why we do it. I, I, maybe it's a combination of uh, not wanting to be vulnerable, you know, with that, in that moment. Yeah. 
It could be that we feel the duty to be uh, that strong person or that strong rock and then go fall apart later somewhere else. Um, It could be like familial. um, It could be trauma, honestly. Um, I feel like, like, but as Haitian people, though, like if we circle back to us specifically, our culture, I mm -hmm. feel like within our culture, I feel like we've been taught to be rock hard. Think about the way that like, the way Haitians express that they love each other, imagine, for example, <laughs> imagine there was a video on Instagram I saw today. There is this, um, <laughs> there's this page on Instagram. I'm going to say it in English. It's L Union. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, hey. yes. I love <laughs> and there's Union. A, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so in the video, this mom comes out to her son in the car, right? And he, she brings him a cup of coffee, right? And she brings him the cup of coffee. She's like, drink it. Drink all of it. And then give me back the cup when you're done. But then, um, but that's typical Haitian. Mm-hmm. They'll give you a cup of tea, mm-hmm. tell you drink all of it in front of them to Facts. make sure that you drunk it. But they're doing it because they love you. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they want to make sure that you have the strength to go on. You have the energy. They're doing it out of care, but it's so abrasive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in, in the rare occasion, you'll see a Haitian mother or whomever cry or right. fall apart. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak for any other culture. I, can, I can only speak for the culture that I've seen within you know my family, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like. I've seen my mother cry, but it, I can literally count on one hand how many times I've seen her cry and she's allowed me to see her cry and take in my, um, I guess, my comfort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I've, I, me, myself, I'm not as rock hard because I, ref- like, it's like I, for certain things, for this particular situation, I don't, I'm not crying in front of people. I'm not crying in front of family because we're all going through the same things. So it's like, I, I want to be strong for them. And it's it's definitely a mental thing. Like, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. This person has, it's, it's definitely different pillars, different tiers or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking to my mother. I'm not going to cry for you guys because you guys are out here doing the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? You guys are taking, but like. But I don't agree, the, though. The way that I see you. And also it's the way that you're connected to certain family members to your experience with them is a little bit more like involved than me because I, you know how I am, you know how it was with the way that the family and I have interacted. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when it comes to certain things, you're going to have a bit of, a bit more of closeness to them. So in my mind, and you're my old, like you're my quote unquote, you are my older cousin, <laughs> right? But I don't mean, I never, I've never really thought about our ages like that, but I do, I do see, I do look up to you when I do see you tackling these things. And I do expect you to stand, um, stand strong because you have that exposure to them that I don't have. And I want to be there for you as much as I can because I'm closest to you, but I don't have that. I don't, I don't have that capability of doing the things for our family that you do. So it's like, I refuse, literally mentally, I refuse to cry about certain things in front of you because I want to be like, no, Tessa's out here doing the damn thing. I'm going to get her fucking lunch. <laughs> do you want some fucking water? Do you want a pillow? I, re- <laughs> I remember. And I think one of my most fond memories um, throughout this entire, bro- like, throughout this entire sitch has been... Um, I was at the hospital and you brought me tacos and um, I stepped outside and got in your car and we sat down and we kind of like just touched bases to what was happening and then got the food and as we like went into like what was going on or whatever like I got teary-eyed and then you got teary-eyed and then we got quiet 
for a while and it was just like sat in that silence and then the tears streamed down and then we wiped them away and then we ate Mm -hmm. and then we just like and then we moved on Mm -hmm. and there was just something just so incredible and and healing and in that moment so comforting you know just being able to to share in that feeling because in that moment it was just you know two family members just like grieving on that same level mm-hmm. and experiencing that grief together um where just it's not as isolating right, right? Mm-hmm. so i, I I do understand where you're coming from, though, and I do respect it, and I honor that that space, and I appreciate it, you oh, know, because you, things <laughs> it's 100%. amazing. Like, but I, I do want you to like, because I know that there's times I'm like, have you in right? Like, because you like have like, are you good? I'm like, well, like, how about you, Anne? Nah, like, are you good though? <laughs> oh man, you actually. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. You came over the other, like, you came over the other day with plates and food, and the fir- like, and as soon as I walked through the door, you, it's kind of like you could tell I was having like a rough day. You know, like, Annie, like, did you eat? I just looked at you like, damn, did I eat? <laughs> Because you know me, because I go. Because the thing is, once I'm going, mm-hmm. and you know I love food, mm-hmm. but like once I'm once I'm going, especially when we're going, like when I'm going through a lot, I will not eat, and it's not because I'm not hungry. Oh no, I, I'm not. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that I I am so focused on making sure that everything is as it should, as if nothing is happening. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to right. make sure that the kids are good, like family is good, everybody else is eating, getting sleep. You have water. You have everything you need, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like to the point that like I'll watch. Like, I'll watch someone eat. Like, if I bring you food and we sit down and I watch you eat, in my brain, my brain is processing that I ate. Right. And then so I don't think about... That is food. so wild. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. And my my grandma pointed that out. Our grandma pointed that out. She's like, okay, you said that your son ate and I saw him eat. You said your mother ate and I saw her eat and you were there, but you didn't have any food. I'm like, oh, crap. Because I'll make the food. Mm-hmm. I'll put, you know, put the food out. I'll watch my son eat. I'll make sure my mom ate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, eat this. Yeah. And I'll go to bed. <laughs> I want to say, though vicarious trauma is a thing, vicarious eating vicarious. is not. Because <laughs> your belly will stay empty. Girl, that's why my figure is a one. <laughs> I'm summertime flying all year with trauma. You know what I mean? Girl, what is your... what? what is, People be like, girl, what is your diet? What are you doing? You have such a great body. Like, girl, it's the stress. It's the stress. It's the trauma. <laughs> I have not seen my therapist in a week. <laughs> What's up? Girl. Yeah, that's 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 a secret. Right. Oh, my um, gosh. No, yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole the other day looking at, like, free radicals and oxida- oxidation mm-hmm. And like the yeah, the effects of stress and the adrenals and all of that, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to stop stressing immediately, <laughs> but I cannot because you know anxiety. <laughs> so how do you even begin to do that? <laughs> oh my god, did you see the post I made the other day on? Okay, so on Insta, I've been like on Instagram trying to like drown and drown my sorrows mm-hmm. in memes, and there's this one thing. Same. There's this one. I'm supposed to be writing papers and shit. <laughs> and, you know, I've been writing papers for six months and I'm over it. 
over <laughs> it. Um, anywho, so there's this page. I have to do better with the memory pages, but there's this little thing. It's like these little bouncy creatures. I think one is a cat, one is a dinosaur, whatever. <laughs> and then there's a dinosaur, a purple dinosaur. It's like, oh, I am so stressed out. But why am I stressed? I I am like I can control my stress with my brain. What I think is what I am, right? Next thing you know, like <laughs> the dinosaur starts fucking singing like about a peanut butter jelly sandwich or some shit. <laughs> I'm like, this is my last two brain cells that I have left between regular life, mommy life, school life, maintaining my health and everything going on in our family and Mm -hmm. just making sure everybody's okay. Like, it's been really, really stressful. So that uh, my last two brain cells are bouncing around in my brain trying to make sure that like i make it to the next day mm-hmm. girl I'm, I'm gonna be down to one brain one brain cell very soon well, we're not gonna we're, we're going to try our very hardest Listen, to fight for that one brain cell brain though cell out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's, she has a beautiful long neck she's purple you know what i mean she tells me happy things when i'm sad there you <laughs> go go brain cell but does she write papers no no I think she needs another that is where she that, that yeah. is where she draws the line <laughs> yo i sat in front of my computer because i had to write um for this project and nothing i could nothing hours I, i'm hours talking collapsed. hours mm-hmm. I wrecked my brain trying to find content. Like, and I had the plan. I had the outline. Yes, I had stuff. Yes. The research. I like this. Tell me how. And that's usually one of the signs of where I know things are getting, you know, pretty hectic and things are getting bad. Where I haven't opened a book in forever. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't opened a book. I haven't read, like, even not even like a sentence but i am down like these memes are giving me life they are like the iv that goes straight into my bloodstream every morning and also like every second that i get a chance it's just like you know what things are bleak and terrible (laughs) let me just pull up tiktok really quick and then just like watch freaking just people doing anything Mm -hmm. anything to just kind of like get my mind off it so i I hear you. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's been a struggle. So, so you talked about burnout and how do you know that you are hitting or have hit the point of burnout? Like what are some like identifiers for you? Mm-hmm. Considering like, care. so for example, like caregiver burnout is an extended thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like because you're caring for someone like you're going to be going through extreme stressors for an extended period so it's like i feel like it's kind of like sometimes when i know something is not coming to an end anytime soon that's kind of when i start going through rabbit hole but specifically like when i can't come up when i cannot sit down and complete a task on time Mm -hmm. that's when i i notice because you know how i am with time Mm -hmm. when i start becoming late for things that's when I'm like, this is not my norm. Normally, like, I'm on time, I'm there early, or, like, I'm turning things in on time. I'm very much very focused. I'm someone who will spend, you know, I, perfecting things. When I get to a point where I'm just like, I'm going to be late, they're going to get what they get, mm-hmm. I'm not going to prove it. Here you go, give me a grade. And that's how I know for me specifically, just because I know I can be a perfectionist with my art, with my crafts, with my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell, too, when I have no interest in doing things unfortunately with my son so 
this season of soccer has been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So he's had more of the option of what days to do conditioning and things like that. So he's a he's mainly a goalie. So he has specific days for goalie and the other days are optional. So on the optional days, I'm just like, I just I just need to sit down. But you know I'm the soccer yes. mom. A thousand percent. <laughs> like Oh, I love it. Is there if there's practice, we're going. Yes. If there's additional practice, we're going. If there's conditioning so He has his entire schedule right. for the for the week. Like, listen, like, he's, yeah, he's out here. <laughs> right, period. Like, that, no one else manages him. Like, I am mm-hmm. about that life. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know that my burnout is real because I'm like, if it's an optional day, we're not going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. And nothing will happen that day at all. Like, I will not catch up on the things I'm behind on. Mm-hmm. And I also won't, like, I'll, like... I am someone who normally, like, cooks two, three times a week. I do the soccer mom thing. I do um, take him to the park. We go on dates, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, it has been... Instead of it doing our regular pace where I'm making sure he's good or whatever. And I, and I, and the thing is, I still have to because he's my son. and he You maintain. Yeah. Right. It's just not as, as, um... I guess it's not giving the above and beyond that you yeah. you are accustomed to mm-hmm. giving, exactly. and so now you're just like baseline maintenance. Bruh. I hear you. I hear you. I'm sorry, baby. I'm gonna get there. Like, right. I just need, like uh, it's bad. It's, it's not. It's not too too bad to where I'm not caring for him because mm-hmm. my like the thing is about me with burnout. I will be disgusting. Like like I will be like shower not shower didn't eat didn't sleep. But my son will be taking like he'll come mm-hmm. his hair is cut his clothes is clean ironed he's at school on time making a soccer practice or whatever. But like. Th- that for sure will always be a thing. Jeremy, my son will never be not taken care of. That's first. It's just a different type of care when I'm like completely fizzled out. Yeah, and I do worry about that. And that's something that like I had to realize, and I meditated on, and I was, and I had to just plan out. Okay, I'm gonna make sure that I am at least at fifty percent so that I can give my son something. Because mm-hmm. I can't I can't give him nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So for me that that was it. When I, when it starts to be that obvious, that's when I'm like, oh no, we cannot do that. Mm-hmm. We cannot we cannot give what we're supposed to give <laughs> to, mm-hmm. our, with, to our little people. Yes. We're small humans. He's not that small though. So like he he's <laughs> He's always gonna be small in your eyes, though. I know he's gonna be yeah. six foot ten, looking down at me. I'm like, oh my, my baby! baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, what for you? What are things that you notice about yourself that you know you know you like outside of you standing like in front of your computer for a few hours and be like, hey, girl, <laughs> like you know, like that episode of SpongeBob when he's like typing. Did you ever? I don't know if you're ever into SpongeBob, but like forever he had he experienced burnout and he completely couldn't pass any of his tests Mm -hmm. he spent eight hours on a paper and all he wrote was the in the fanciest way yeah that sounds like something yeah that sounds like something i would do (laughs) yeah that's it's been the for like every single aspect of my life um but to answer your question it's it manifests in similar ways one of the surefire ways for me to tell is the way that i keep up like with the chores and like my home mm-hmm. um things are just disarray mm-hmm. i like which normally kind of like makes my skin crawl a little yes. bit right oh my god um, <laughs> her home Oh my god! It's I'm like, girl, her high ceiling. It's 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 so chic. It's modern. 
She has art on the wall. She has gorgeous plants. She has yeah, like, my plants. Bookshelf. Oh my god. My plants are like systematically dying, <laughs> and it's just it breaks my heart. But I know it's bad when I don't even want to cross that threshold to grab the. you know the water thing and then just like water and take care of my blank i just it hasn't happened mm-hmm. and i were doing so well and they were thriving they were yes and like two of them just like died the other day mm-hmm. rip and and i just i don't i don't have any interest in going anywhere you know like i'm big like traveling fiend like i I haven't had any desire to go anywhere like It's friends so are like oh let's go here let's go there I'm, right and that, correct yeah. we had family members visiting and even as we're we gathered and just like had food and i still felt that gnawing guilt like should like should we be right. in this space just enjoying each I other felt that. and, and I, I felt like right I'm, very, i'm gonna be really honest like i sat in my car feeling absolutely guilty for like two hours did you really did. i'm not gonna lie like i I was in my car for like two hours because I couldn't. I couldn't go to that barbecue. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I just. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But like, I was like, I feel like there's something I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then when I got around family, I'm like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, left. I was like with family for like ten minutes. I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I left. And it was really bad. I sat for two hours, like, oh, out in the parking lot. I was like, oh, I had crap. no idea. It was crazy. The whole time I was like wondering where you were, and oh my gosh, man, and I was never gonna tell anybody that shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole world knows. I know for real, dude. All of Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, Google, Deezer, and you can also hear <laughs> on Podcast Junkie, <laughs> available on all major streaming platforms. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, I, I I did, and it was kind of hard, but I get it. It's hard for you to really like enjoy yourself mm-hmm. when you know you have so much going on. Yes, to where you're like, fuck, I just want to be able to do something. Yes, and, and, and ultimately though, you're supposed to be with your family because right. everybody is going through it, and being able to be together, especially with the kids too, like mm-hmm. they're going through it, and they can't even like really mm-hmm. experience it because they can't go into certain spaces. Right, so they're kind of hurt. Like I've learned. to definitely check in with the kids. You have to check in with the kids and see how they're doing. Have that dialogue. Yes. Speak to them on their level. How are you doing? How are you feeling about this? What is what is something that's bothering you? What is something that you want to share with that family member that you can't see? Mm-hmm. I know you miss them. And it's really tough. Like when we had some family come down and I spoke to one of our family members, I'm like, how are you? And they were just so upset that they couldn't go see, mm-hmm. they couldn't go to the hospital, they couldn't mm-hmm. do this or whatever because they weren't old enough. Mm-hmm. And just talking to them, I was like, oh man, I wish I could just like put you in my pocket mm-hmm. and bring you in there. But I understand like safety or whatever, but mm-hmm. like it's extremely important to check in with the kids and really see how they're doing and they have questions like they have questions they want to know they want to be informed i remember when our um lay grandfather passed away i was very young um i was six years old and i remember not understanding what was happening i had like an idea of what was going on but it was back home and so We had like family, family, you know, fly, fly to Haiti, and you know, my very small brain trying to like 
put like put the pieces together and so my mother actually took the time and she actually like she sat me on her lap and I remember her telling me exactly what was going on and she went and that was the first time I understood what death meant what you know going on to the other side meant and what happened like you know the fact that you will no longer see that person in the physical Mm, right in the physical Mm. realm and it was just it was it was it's one of my um core memories for sure because I can still picture it I can still picture the chair where we sat the area in which we sat like I can I I don't remember what I was wearing but I remember exactly like the look on like the look under my mother's face I remember like how she like tried to keep the tears from falling but they they kept streaming down anyway and I remember like wiping her tears and 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 telling her and she will tell you that story to the like today Mm -hmm. um I remember telling her but like if you're telling me that you know he's gonna excuse me like he's just you know gone into the other side then why are you crying like it's not a bad thing like that means that you're going to right and i'm like it means like you're gonna see him again right we might not be able to see him here and then now but you know we'll see and and she says that like that that actually helped her a little bit when i said that and it's the innocence of children but also the optimism the faith that they just have in the unknown like things that like faith that we too at some point just had like very daring call it reckless faith or what have you but of course like life and things have kind of like you know taken us down a notch but reconnecting with children sometimes help us with our own resilience as we imparting that you know the the information the comfort the the open space for them to be and express themselves like we in turn like get some fresh perspective from like our two adult brains now Mm -hmm. that they haven't gotten rid of yet or haven't lost yet and so i think that you you make a very very good point let the children know what is happening because they are paying attention they're observing everything they're absorbing that information and sometimes if they can't make sense of it our brains do this thing where they will they will piece it together right one thing about our brains is like they will try to make sense of it even if it's with misinformation even if it's you know with you know erroneous facts they will try to make sense of right. the reality if there are mis- missing pieces right. so yeah thank you for bringing that up because of it course. is a very good point the euphemism i think i have to i've learned most recently not to use euphemisms when it comes to like dealing with the kids like, mm-hmm. don't say like passing away don't say um they fell asleep and won't get up or whatever because then they start going into the fear of okay what if i go to sleep and i never wake up or what does passing away mean or if i go to sleep will i see this person you know again and things like that so how would you phrase it you're supposed to say as it is you're supposed to say oh this person died this person is oh my gosh i know it sounds very like morbid to say to a child um, but for example, when our grandfather passed, my my mom didn't tell me that he died. She more lo- more or less said like like that he passed and we won't see him again. But I never understood that he died until like it took some time. Like yeah. I um I think it it, it, t- it took some time because mm-hmm. when I saw my grandmother when we went up to go see my grandmother, I knew that my grandfather had passed. 
but I did understand that he died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, us, uh, like, living in different places, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to see him when I see him. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I myself, because I'm a very literal person. <laughs> yeah. And you know that. Like, to the point that it's, like, a, it's uh, it's not not the best all the time. Mm-hmm. Someone tell me something and they don't necessarily mean it in a literal way. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm, like, piecing it together literally. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. They're like, no, bro, that's not what I'm... Okay. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, I'm going to need context. I mean, exactly. Yeah, give I me frame. Of reference, yes. I was a kid, yeah. yeah. So I think so. What I've learned is this is the most recently, th- the most recent thing because I'm taking a class on death, which pff, talk about timing. Um, so I learned that you're supposed to use the real words when it mm-hmm. comes to the children, especially kids like me, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, it, but at the same time, it allows them to process things. It allows them to go through the grieving stages as they should, except. except allowing them to go through the grieving stages within a good amount of time because my grieving for my grandfather happened years later i had a moment where i was absolutely depressed because i i couldn't see him i didn't know where he was and i understood that he died and like i was so overwhelmingly sad and then my mom and her dad were extremely close. Yes. So it's like I was sad, and then my mom, I think she could tell that I was sad about it. But there, but we didn't have that form of communication yet to where we could really talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's more along like now would be the time that her and I would have conversations. But I'm an adult now. But like with my son, like I know because he kind of thinks like me, I have to be literal with him, mm-hmm. and I can see how hard it is because mm. he's very sensitive and he. He feels when something's not right. And he asks literal questions. He's like, what's going on? What is it? What can we do? What is it should I be looking for? And Mm. looking at a child and telling them that there's something that's going on that they have no control over. As an adult, you already feel helpless and powerless. And then now you're giving that same emotion to a child. It's very hard to communicate. However, it creates a form of healing. Mm-hmm. when you do share it with that child so that's that's something um to really think about but i wanted to kind of bring our listeners full circle with us and um let them know that like we've been really putting in um, a lot of thought and effort into this podcast yes. it's something that you test literally brought like you talked about it for about a year and yes and then and then we circled back and was like let's fucking do this mm-hmm. you know what i mean and from the moment that we started, we've we've had a, a rough run. Um, we had great intentions of how we wanted to go, what it would look like. Mm-hmm. We got the equipment. We got, you know, in contact with people for our music yes. and our book and this and whatever. And then it was life happened in such a great way that it, it interrupted our schedule. It interrupted everything. So... We felt it absolutely necessary to just let our listeners know that we are absolutely committed to doing yes. this podcast, and we love doing the podcast. We do, course. and we do apologize for the inconsistency. Yes, um, it definitely bothers us. I echo, like, I echo like, this absolutely. <laughs> I am so OCD about certain things. Yeah, inconsistency is something that really irks me. However, when life happens, it happens, and we have no control over mm-hmm. how that's going to go. And when things especially with the way that um things have been thrown at us the burnout is so extremely real and we felt it was absolutely important to just circle back and just take a breath with everyone because it's i know it's not just us that's going through things the energy of the world around us is so heavy with the way that the world is turning yeah 
and things have been categorically shitty oh, <laughs> but you know for and pretty consistently as well exactly that was right? one form of consistency that mm-hmm. we have oh wow there's a oh wow yeah that's, <laughs> <laughs> that that's very true um and i i agree with you and i think that ooh going through such impactful moments and and life stuff is one thing and then but then also living at the intersection of all of the identities for whom the things hit harder mm-hmm. is a whole is a whole nother ball game right. so it's one thing having to navigate um uncertainty and illness and um of i don't know like maybe like medical slights and and errors right with anyone in general with a family member who's dear to you and it's a whole nother thing when you know that some isms pull have also played a factor into a delay into receiving like proper care or like being able to fully understand and consent and consider the situation and the extensiveness of the situation or gravity of it all right and you as a parent as and you as a family member as a caregiver you're like screaming and turning like pay attention like this is not just as simple as you think it is there is an underlying issue and being told no it's fine no it's in your head no it could be reason a b and c so then now you're doubling the amount of work that has to be done because now on top of it we have to be able to prove the suffering which is not even our responsibility to do so but then on the third time maybe is when you're like oh yeah there is an underlying issue oh no shit are you kidding me you now you now you now you want to see this Mm -hmm. but then it's usually by the time like where things have already escalated to a point that it didn't even need to and it just it's this stark reminder of just all of these layers of heaviness Mm -hmm. that linger because of isms we did not ask for exactly right you compiling racism and ageism and sexism and ableism and you put them all and you just like throw them out the fucking wall and you go hey here you go it seems like we've run into all the isms within a short period of time and it, it's becoming it's so flagrant clear. yes yeah. it's so flagrant and it's so freaking obvious and it just i'm so upset right now just I even like talking like, about it the first time remember what? when like the whole issue yes the first the yes hospital yes the first 100 and then the next hospital and then the issues following that and us realizing okay this is this is not and this is this is not in my head. It's right. not. It's not the ageism, the colorism. The and you and we're we have a podcast in Melanated Movement, right? Well, and so like a lot of times we do analyze things into like with the with the with the with the more in-depth lens. Yeah. We do go beyond the surface. Of course. But you and I like have also lived and have resided and communicated and communed with a melting pot of people because right. of our, you know, military background and the fact that we are Asian and we have lived in many, you know, different places. Mm-hmm. That is not the first thing we jump to. No. We can talk about this, you know, in this space right here right. where we're actually allowing ourselves to delve deeper right. into these, you know, these issues of, of oppression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
when we go out into the world and we say good morning and goodbye and we try to receive you know services and we're providing you know um care or whatever it is else to somebody else or we're communicating a need we don't wait for the ism to pounce at us right and sometimes it takes it takes a minute. We're like, second, wait, right? right? Exactly. You're like, when wait, you go did I just think about it? You're like, wait, right? Did that just happen? And then when you're like, and then the thing is, the conversation following, correct? And you're like, this is what happened at this moment because right. I was trying to solve this issue. Mm-hmm. Why was this issue so much harder than what I expected it to be? Yes. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay. yes, right. It's usually in retrospect, we're like, wait, mm-hmm. did I just get ism? Experience, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just, I think I just got ism. Or I think my family members got ismed, and it's just like, ism. whoa! I, never used I just that. use that. I don't know if it's a real thing, but like, oh, I just, I think I just got ismed. Because like, when you start thinking about the layers of like everything that just occurred, mm-hmm. ismed works, right? I think it's just that just happened and and then it's just a whole new level of just helplessness, mm-hmm. right? Because you have the you know you have the base of it where it's a condition. There's nothing you can do. You have to rely on those very people to actually do like, to hope and and intervene and assist. And then you go into the second layer of it, like, oh, crap, like, the reason why you probably didn't do it as quickly is because of reasons A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. Then it just creates a whole new, like, and it's just compounded yes. trauma. It's, oh, man. and that accelerates burnout. Oh, for sure. It is just, and did you know, I, I read, and I don't, I haven't been able to verify that information, but did you know that it takes approximately, like, two to three years to actually recover from, like, full-on burnout? Two to three years. Who got that kind of time? Unfortunately, that makes sense. Because, like, when I realized that I was experiencing burnout, I was like, okay, I'm okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm going to be mindful. I'm like, this This is part of life. We have to go through life's challenges, da, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, when do I get back to normal? Okay, time is still continuing. I still feel like I can't do this. Okay, now time has still keep, kept going and I'm still not at a point where I feel myself. Okay, it's still not being able yeah. to do things at the same level. Mm-hmm. And it's continuing. And you're still going through the same issue, but you don't, you don't expect your... Like, you're not handling the issue the same way you're handling it at first. Of Correct. course, there's growth. Right. In my mind, with the growth, I expect the burnout to expire. Uh At what point? (laughs) False. (laughs) Should I, you know, expect this pink notice to happen? Right. Oh, man. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's any. It doesn't seem like it's close. That's, That's the unfortunate, like, reality of it. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I just. Uh, it seems so bleak. It's very bleak. <laughs> I I hope that there's a, a an accelerated method, just as right. much as burnout gets accelerated, right? you must get Like some strong Haitian tea, like right. you know, get that cleanse of exactly. adrenals. Should be good to go. Yo, Do you think if we like, like place a cot in the therapist's office, like, and get like, inde- well, maybe that's inpatient. <laughs> just describe inpatient. I'm gonna need my therapist. Just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a therapist to like literally sleep in the next room right. because we gonna we gonna have to do some some deep work. Some deep yeah. dive. Yeah. Yeah. But we 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 love here. We love it here. We love being we able love to do here. this. We love it here. Um. And <laughs> and we want to continue to do this. And we are 
working on some really cool stuff yeah, some I'm really cool new things some really cool new projects for this and I, i'm i just really enjoyed doing this with you and mm. i think i i my soul wanted to just kind of come back and just kind of like hey, like know, like go please. to like the why you know exactly. <laughs> and oh, the why what's that Kohlberg? is it Kohlberg? the s-y-k-u-h-l-b-e rg that theorist he's like it's not a yes or no questions if you are or you're not going to do something it's the reasoning why you do something that determines um something or the other mm -hmm. and there's like six tiers right and like the sixth tier is the universal the universal tier is when you're doing something for the well-being of others and like the first tier is you just doing it for the reaction of another or morality or ethical so like us coming back in and saying i want to do this simply for not only my joy your joy but for like helping others that may be experiencing something that's us going through the tears i think it's i believe it's kohlberg that um that's the psychologist that said listen that. last time i did i took a psychology class it was years ago in college <laughs> I love when you talk psychology to me. I was just like, yeah, tell me more yeah, about Kohlberg. Actually, have it on my tell me about the tears. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the tears yeah. of the whys of like yeah. when we do things. It's beautiful to come back mm -hmm. and and know the why. Not saying yes, I will do this podcast or no, I'll not do this podcast. But yes, I'll do this podcast because I enjoy doing it with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I do too. I enjoy knowing that people enjoy listening to us converse about yes. certain topics. And it keeps surprising us. Like yeah. the people who just kind of like randomly reach out like, oh, we listened. Or yeah. just, you know, kind of discovering so that someone has been a listener this whole time thank you thank it you just it means listening. it means everything yeah. um it's for you know we do this for the for you for me for the joy but also like for the melanated collective yeah, right that that's that's actually the crux of what brought us here to begin with around mm -hmm. this table right and so it's we're renewing our commitment talk. it's a brown, it's a brown <laughs> table talk oh <laughs> <laughs> It's in theme. Oh, it is. A melanated table. It's a melanated table. Oh, I, like <laughs> I like the way you. Uh, it's a heavily that. melanated table. It is. Yes. And it has different colors in it too. To yes. All levels of melanation that we Correct. Have. Is yeah. melanation even a word? Melanation is melanation a word? Melanin? Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But um, do you want to talk a little bit about what? what the next uh few episodes might look like um sure before we wrap up so we actually you guys so we are very much type a people <laughs> where we do like to organize things give them titles give them dates and things like that and moving forward we do plan on publishing those and having more interaction with the audience to where they know what's coming up and for everyone to get excited so we do have a list of things so we have ageism on our list we have colorism on our list we have, um, let me say, let me not, let me not lie to the, to the, to the crew here. Ooh, we talked about dating with children. Dating with children? Yes, I, I really look forward to that one. And then, Anuela. <laughs> oh, I have a friend named Anuela. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Haitian in me that loves to find the other Haitian people. That's names that look like mine. Can you smell the burnout? <laughs> Like, my brain is, like, fizzling as we, as we're uh, speaking here. My brain is like, girl, hold on, let me get my list. Because, you know, I love lists. I have so many lists of different things. Let me see here. Let me not. 
Okay. We have a few series that we wanted to debut, mm-hmm. and um, dating was one of them. And we've gone through we've gone through a few episodes of our love um, series, and we mm-hmm. do have one more that we are really excited. Yes, about. So we can wrap up the yes. the the loves how we love series. The how right, we love series has mm-hmm. a great finale planned, and I think our viewers or our listeners is really going to enjoy the dynamic of of that one. That one I'm really excited about. We have um, ideas of creating a black creative. Yes. Episode or a Black Creatives multi episode. It's going to be two or three episodes where we're talking to different creators. Yes. And that's something that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people doing different things and really enjoying what they're doing. And we've had um, people um, from Palm Beach specifically in, Florida, in South Florida because everything is normally, when you think of Florida, you think of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it <laughs> and that and for um that's not the only city that resides oh orlando it's another orlando. one i didn't think it's, of yeah i feel like you think when when you talk to someone that's in another location you're like oh you're from florida oh are you from miami orlando tampa nah bruh we're not from any of the places <laughs> so I, i'm we're excited to talk to local creatives and find out how they're contributing to um the the community one but also creating a new platform for themselves and yes. like inviting people to do that with them mm-hmm. um let's see we have uh, classism colorism texturism <laughs> there's this one thing that i want to talk about it's called the token black friend Ooh. that's gonna be a good one yes i have a few ideas with that so i feel like our audience is definitely gonna get really excited about our upcoming mm-hmm. and we're gonna do a few new things and i want us to definitely get excited there's gonna be a few changes there's gonna be theme changes color changes there's gonna be amazing people that are gonna be introduced on this platform and mm-hmm. i'm really excited to introduce them to our audience and so on and so forth so i'm really much excited about this season yeah and i hope everyone is getting excited with us yes thank you for sharing all of the coolness that is going about to happen yes sticky note on deck tell me your haitian without telling me your haitian. Well. oh well and um it was a pleasure i I'm so glad that you're in this with me. I always renew that um, sentiment. <laughs> and um, I, I really look forward to many more episodes with you. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been... The Melanated Movement Podcast. With Tess and Anne. Until next time. Bye. Bye.